Hello, this is Pastor Ariel, and I just want to tell you how pleased I am to know that you are finding this podcast to be a blessing for you. Please remember to subscribe in whatever platform you're listening to Devotional. This way you will be notified every time a new episode gets published. And don't forget to click on the links for all the free resources to get the most out of this podcast. Also, if a specific episode has been of special blessing to you, please remember to share with your friends and loved ones. Lastly, please consider becoming a regular supporter of this podcast. Even a 99 cents a month contribution would be much appreciated. And now, here's today's episode. Welcome to Devotional. This is lesson number four, day three, for Monday, January 21st. So we have these uh, 24 elders that we see in Revelation chapter 4 and 5 who uh, play a a key role in expressing gratitude and praise and worship to God. And the more I read, and of course I've read a couple of other commentaries, uh, pretty much all of them are in agreement that these these seem to be humans. To me they're humans uh, because it speaks about being redeemed. No angel had been redeemed. And so the only individuals that have experienced the redemption of uh, Christ through his blood have been human beings. So these 24 elders, we don't know their identities for sure. Uh, there's some, for me at least, some inclinations to believe that uh, resurrection morning uh, in, in, in Matthew chapter 27 verses 51 through 53, there's a mention of individuals being thrown out of their tombs and being resurrected with Jesus Sunday morning. This happened Friday the, the, the earthquake that broke open tombs and um, bodies of dead people were, you know, burst out because of the force of the earthquake. That Sunday, these individuals came back to life and, and showed themselves. So we don't know. We don't have a number. We don't have names, certainly. Um, but these 24 elders serve as witnesses. God wants individuals. He doesn't want to hide. He doesn't want us to take... Uh, things just at uh, at his word as far as face value, you know, like, oh, this is why I'm doing this, or this is the reasons why. He has placed witnesses that can attest to the things that he has done and how he has done things. Uh, these humans get a behind-the-scene look at what God has done. Um, you see that there's individuals even before these 24 elders are mentioned um, in regards to being able to have access to these behind-the-scenes uh, actions of God. You know, sometimes there's way more happening behind the scenes than what people actually see. And the book of Revelation presents to us exactly that. And there are three individuals, as mentioned, that uh, the Bible, even before these 24 elders are mentioned, that are named as individuals that have been in heaven for quite some time. And the first one is Enoch, uh, that we are told God took him. This is in the book of Genesis. Then you have Moses in the book of Genesis and in the book of Jude that uh, indicate that um, God resurrected him, took him with him. And then, of course, we have Elijah that the Bible tells us, just like Enoch, he was taken without seeing death. And the question is, did God play favorites? Hey, come and enjoy heaven, enjoy the bliss of heaven. 
we have made heaven a something that is just completely isolated from the rest of the reality of the universe it's as if the entire universe is aloof is ignorant of what is taking place on planet earth and they're like oh there's problems down there oh we were just enjoying here our you know nice time in peaceful heaven no what has happened here sin has affected the entire universe first and foremost because it has affected heaven itself there's there was a rebellion we will look later on in the book of revelation uh, when it speaks about a war that took place in heaven and this war transferred itself down to earth and so heaven is paying attention to what is happening down here there has not been a day in which heaven was distracted by something else, unlike sometimes us that, you know, sports or whatever work distract us all too easy from what is most important. And Enoch, that he was taken before the flood, Moses after the flood, Elijah during the time of um, the monarchy, all of these individuals got to see things. What, what do these individuals get to see behind the scenes? Um, some of the things that I can think of is our unexplainable rebellions. I mean, we, we get ground view of our lives and you and I are limited by our place and time. And it's almost like being in a deep jungle. All we can see what's in front of our noses, but not beyond. So what these individuals got to see is a bird's eye view of human history. And how unexplainable are our rebellions when compared to God's goodness, our backslidings, our cold indifferences, our idolatrous self-destruction, our cruelty and suffering. Uh, these three individuals, and after, of course, the resurrection and Jesus ascending up to heaven, these 12 elders, 24 elders have gotten to see the behind the scenes of human history that you and I cannot, do not get to see. I mean, all that we get to see in history is history books. And history books, all of them come filtered with prejudices and biases of the authors. Uh, many history books, I mean, you have these phenomena of revisionist history, right? Individuals that claim to have discovered either new archaeological, new documents, etc., that seem to contradict or go in a different direction than previously understood history in parts of the world. Um, and so there's tension. There's always this new um, uh, tendency to revise what was once thought to be a fact. Um, so this is the best that we can do as far as human history is concerned. But neither Moses, nor Enoch, nor Elijah, nor the 24 elders need to look at a page of human history. They have seen it with their two eyes. They do not need to worry about someone filtering or leaving things out for political reasons, politically correctness or whatever, or political vendettas. They, are, they got to see humanity in the raw. That's what they got to see, what sin has truly done, unfiltered, unedited, um, as how it's affected the human race. But that's not all that humanity has gotten to see. Uh, I want to read to you something that it, I memorized, uh, and I reviewed these passages regularly. And they're a bit long, and, and I'm, I'm being honest with you. Sometimes I'm like, man, why did I pick such a long passage? But I'm glad I did because of what this reveals. This is also what um, Enoch and Moses and Elijah got to see from their perspective of humanity. Um, Psalms 103 verses 1 through 5 says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits 
who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. That's Psalms 103 verses 1 through 5. And I'm going to also read verses 8 through 14. It says, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins. He has not rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he himself knows our frame. He is mindful that we are but dust. This is what got to Elijah, Enoch, and Moses got to see behind the scenes. The character of God in relating to humanity. How God did not deal with us, did not treat us according to what our sins actually deserved, how slow to anger, how patient he has been, how faithful to heal us and pardon our iniquities, to satisfy, to heal, to redeem, to crown us with loving kindness and compassion. So from heaven, the perspective is different, not because uh, their eyes are different or because they're prejudiced, but because they're seeing humanity's response to God's actions and God's response to human actions. God is continually revealing how patient and long-suffering and compassionate He is towards us and we, how quickly we are to forget all that God does for us. So, what do they see? How did humanity see this? And specifically, I'm thinking about, you know, Moses and Elijah. There's a passage in the gospel that confirms everything that I've just shared with you as far as Moses being resurrected and Elijah never seeing death. In the Gospel of Luke chapter 9 starting in verse 28 it says, Some eight days after these sayings he took, this is Jesus, took along Peter and, J and John and James and went up to a mountain to pray. And while he was praying the appearance of his face became different and his clothing became white and gleaming. And behold, two men were talking with him, and they were Moses and Elijah, who, appearing in glory, were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. You want to know what that departure, what, that, what experience in Jesus' life that was pointing to, that would be accomplished in Jerusalem? The cross. The departure. You know, Moses and Elijah met with Jesus, what did that conversation look like? We don't know. But I'm guessing after seeing human history, seeing how unfaithful God's people had been, seeing how from the onset of his baptism, the first response that Jesus gets from his first sermon, his first declaration that he is the anointed one to heal broken hearts, to set captives free, um, to proclaim uh, at liberty those that are captives, 
when, when he identifies himself as that, the response of God's people is to want to throw him off a cliff, to kill him. They have seen how not just the rest of the world, but specifically God's people, the people that he revealed to him to them in very specific, special ways, how they had consistently and continually revolted and rebelled against him. I wonder what that conversation sounded like. You have every reason to walk away. We can't come up to you with any human being that has not given you reasons as to why you should walk away from us. But please, don't walk away from us. Please, don't abandon us to sin and its eternal wages, its eternal destiny. Please, stay and save us. I'm thinking this is the conversation we sometimes, I mean myself, read it and I'm thinking it's just a normal conversation. Oh yes, we, we understand that you're going to be experiencing Gethsemane and after that. And it's almost informational and factual. When the reality is this is a conversation similar to that of a family that is at the airport hugging their son goodbye, kissing him goodbye because he's going to war. He's going to a war zone overseas and the war zone that he's going to, people don't come back. There have been hundreds and thousands of soldiers coming back dead from that encounter, that engagement in that part of the world. And this family is looking into the eyes of this son, this husband, this father, and saying possibly their last goodbye. How, how does that conversation go? I mean, it's, they're not just talking about the weather. And they're not just talking about, yes, you'll be going to war. Make sure you email us when you get there. That conversation is not like that. It is charged with heartache and emotions. And there is in Moses and Elijah's heart this heaviness. We did not realize we were like this. How can you possibly love us? And yet you do. Thank you. Thank you for being the way you are. And as Jesus, I mean, obviously they left in peace because Jesus assured them, I have made a promise. I keep my promises. It's precious. It's powerful. So in heaven, there are individuals that have seen all of this who will help us when we get to heaven understand the things that may have brought heartache, the things that we have no closure to, the things that after years and decades of waiting, we still have no answers to. Heaven will provide those for us. There are witnesses. There are human beings in heaven that have gotten to see the behind the scenes of your life. And they will attest and testify and along with Christ himself will explain those things that right now we feel are just unexplainable. This is the beauty of the book of Revelation. You know, we just finished the Christmas season and we finished it in Puerto Rico. So I didn't get to hear many of the English songs while I was down there. But there's one song that from the time I learned English and I heard this song, it just captivated my imagination. It's, and, and after my conversion, even more so because of the refrain. And I can imagine Enoch, Moses, Elijah and the 24 elders asking you and I this question that comes in this form of, in the form of this Christmas song. And the Christmas song says, Do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? 
the book of Revelation invites us to respond to that question with, Yes, I am beginning to see what you have seen all along. The book of Revelation invites us to respond with worship. Revelation 5.7 says, Then he who came, then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Now when Jesus had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and a golden bowl full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints, your prayers and mine. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and you have redeemed us to God by your blood, out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and have made us kings, and have allowed us to reign on the earth. This is glimpses that we're just starting to get as to this great love that Revelation reveals to us. And the question is, do you see what I see? It is my prayer that you will begin to see. Hello, this is Pastor Ariel, and I hope you were blessed with today's episode of Devotional. It is my prayer this resource will inspire you to spend personal time studying God's Word, including using the study tool of our Sabbath School Quarterly. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to this podcast. This way, you will be notified each time a new episode is published. And don't forget to scroll down on the show's description and click on the links for all the free resources to get the best experience out of this podcast. Also, please remember to share with your friends through social media, be it Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or the one you use regularly. This way, they can also be blessed with this resource. Lastly, please consider becoming a financial supporter of this podcast. It would be much appreciated. This is Pastor Ariel inviting you to study the Bible with me again on our next episode of Devotional. Devotional.